This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hi there and welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name's Adam and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Cool. Thanks, Adam. Uh, My name's Wayne, and I'm an alcoholic. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problems and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy. Neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. Thank you, Wayne. So, what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you, like me, are an alcoholic, you are at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic's often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having that first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Hi there, for anyone who has just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share his experience with alcoholism with us. I say good day to you, sir. 
How are you, Adam? Yeah, pretty good. Would you like to introduce yourself and give us a, a quick sketch of who you are, please? Yeah, my name's Wayne. Um, I was born here in Christchurch. I'm 63 years old next week and um, been sober for just under three years. Yeah, about two and three quarter years. Yeah, good on you. And what was your occupation or what's your... Oh, I've had varying occupations over my time, but uh, mainly in sales and um, engineering, um, which I'm doing now. Um, how would you describe your childhood, Wayne? Um, childhood, um, I had a pretty good upbringing, um, had loving parents, um, went to Kashmir High, did all right at school. Um, as soon as I got to Kashmir is when I, wanted to, when I started drinking, but... Mm. Um, yeah, no, as a younger child, though, I had um, not a wealthy lifestyle, but it was um, very comfortable and never never wanted for anything. Mm. And you felt loved? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, and you said that you started drinking um, when you were at high school? I couldn't wait. You it couldn't was, wait? Uh, no, I just couldn't wait to get to high school. It was I saw my brother go there, and he had been drinking, and I used to th- watch him and think, oh, isn't that great? I want to do that. Okay. So when I when I got there, I certainly got into it, and I used to stay at my friend's place on a Friday night, and um, not go home. So my parents wouldn't see me drunk, and he his parents were always out, so he he wasn't really um, being told what to do. And his older brother used to get us get us the boys the booze, and we were thirteen at the time, and um, we used to get half a dozen bottles between three of us, the big the quart bottles. And we'd drink two and be off our faces. Drink two each. I see. <coughs> so what did alcohol, you know, do do for you? Obviously, got you off your face. Yeah, off my face. It made me vomit. It made me sick as a dog. Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> but I kept on going back for more. And, what and that? Uh, I don't know. It was just I thought I had to get get good at this. And um, oh, so you were determined. I was determined to be, determined to be able to drink from the get go. Yeah, from the beginning. Right. And um, I couldn't. I drank at every opportunity I could. And um, did you drink alone? Uh, not in the early days. No, no. I used to go um, do lots of things socially, just to for an excuse to drink, um, like play rugby. I'd go to training, and so we could drink afterwards. And cricket, same thing. We used to actually drink while we we're playing at cricket. It was only social grade cricket. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, everything, as it said in the, in your preamble there, Adam, is that I couldn't imagine life without alcohol everything I did in my life um, involved alcohol uh, Wayne did you ever drink every day did it get to that oh uh, well, absolutely I was uh, probably the last 20 years of my drinking I was a daily drinker and I would drink two to three bottles of wine every night I see and um, I had to really manage the two bottles uh, because once I got over that it was touch and go whether I'd be going to work the next day or not so I really had to restrict myself to two, but quite often didn't and struggled struggled when I was going to work. One of my biggest fears was getting done DIC again in the morning driving to work. So, I see. So and, we, uh, did you ever feel it was a problem? Did you do? Oh, I knew it was a drinking. I um. Oh, you knew. I knew I was had a problem. Um, probably twenty years back. I went to, I went through Hamner in two thousand and three. And what what do you mean by Hamner? Hamner. Uh, through Is Queen Mary, the Queen Mary Hospital, yeah, recovery Re- centre. I see. Yep. Um, and 
yeah, it didn't really stick then. I stayed sober for about six or eight months after that, but um, certainly came back to drinking. But mm. um, did you hear? I I um, I don't. I had several rock bottoms, but I'll just finish what I was saying yeah, there, Adam. Sure. It was, um, it's a hard thing to really realize um, to work it out. But I think probably the last ten years of my drinking, I realised that I was an alcoholic, and um, but I just didn't want to admit that to myself. I wasn't um, wasn't prepared, mm. and I just didn't want to be an alcoholic. I loved drinking too much, yeah. and I knew if I was an alcoholic, I wouldn't be able to drink. So. Uh, yeah, sorry the, I forget the question there. No, that's perfectly all right. I was just talking about a rock bottom, and you said you had a lot. Oh, I've had, so yeah, I had... It took 10 years to... Yeah, I had quite a lot of um, rock bottoms. The last 20 years of my drinking, and um, I suffered with depression and anxiety and went to shrinks, all sorts of people, to try and solve that problem, mm. and um, got nowhere. And um, I since um, about seven or eight months after I stopped drinking I have not had any of that rubbish in my life anymore and I'm not on antidepressants so anymore. anxiety went the anxiety, anxiety went, went depression went depression went the whole lot and I'm um, mm. on an even keel now but uh, yeah and mentally anyway okay and so you said you had uh, a drink driving conviction I had four of them oh Right. Yeah, four of those. yeah. And but, yeah. Did, did you get into fights? Did you have any? No, I'm, I was never a fighter. Okay. Um, never ever got into fights. But I, uh, that was probably the biggest trouble I got into was um, the drink driving, and I was fortunate I didn't end up in prison. So, mm. have you lost any jobs? Um, in terms of jobs, I um, I think I just left in time, mm. most of the time. Um, there's one that I know I was going to get the bullet because I was having to fill out all the paperwork all the time for what I'd been doing each day, all that sort of stuff. But um, the rest of it, and I resigned from that one pretty rapidly after that, that started. But as we talk about doing geographics, I did quite a few. Um, Is that around, moving from place to place? Yeah, around New Zealand, and over to England. Um, uh, lived in England for six years, then came back here, lived in Hamilton for six years, um, lived in Timaru for six, and back here in Christchurch now. So your first AA meeting would have been around the time you went into the Queen Mary Hospital? No, no, my first oh. AA meeting was um, probably uh, was when I was living in Hamilton, so that was before 2000. Okay. Um, and I got... So I'd had a really bad time, uh, one of those rock bottoms where I tried to kill myself. Um, mm. and, um, that got, is really low. <laughs> yeah, got, got locked up because they, I got caught by the people and they, I got locked in a secure psychiatric ward for the night, mm. which was fun. Not, but mm. um, yeah, and then um, of course everyone was getting around me to find out what, what it was you know, that had caused all this and... There was a, loads of different theories, but somebody came up with the idea I was an alcoholic, which I didn't like at all, and they took me to a meeting, and I think I got two me- two meetings in at that time, and then I was back on it. Okay. So. What, what, were the me- what were the meetings like for you? Uh, right at the start, I just didn't want to be there. I just mm. looked at every meeting um, and thought, you know, people were welcoming, but I just didn't want to know. Um, I just thought everyone's... They're all a bunch of losers, blah, blah, blah. And I just could not see how 
um, I, it would suit me in um, in Alcoholics Anonymous. I but I think that was more to do with my attitude. I could not imagine life without drinking. So um, there's no way I could be an alcoholic. Yeah, <laughs> I see. Flawed logic. So yeah. this time around, um, what was your experience of AA like and ha- how were you treated by... This time, and I've, when I say this time, I've had several goes at this. Yeah. Um, I'm a chronic relapser. Um, probably get about three months up and then relapse again. And then this time around, I had a horrendous low, horrendous rock bottom where I did one of the yets that we always say we're not going to do yet. We haven't done that yet. Mm. But I did quite a bad one of those, and um, which I'd rather not discuss. But Absolutely fine. Um, and that sort of, I, I woke up the next day from that and thought, oh my God, it's happened again. And um, so I thought, oh, I know where I know where I've got to go. And I just, I came, went to the meeting at St Barnabas at, um, on the Saturday night because it happened on the Friday night. And I've been coming ever since and haven't had a, haven't had a drink since that day. That's pretty amazing for a chronic relapser. Mm. Um, what's AA like? for you? Oh, AA has just uh, saved my life really at the end of the day. Just recently I've had quite a bad stroke, which um, if I was drinking I would not be able to cope with uh, the rehabilitation with, of that because I'd just, I'd just probably give up and just drink myself to death. Mm. So um, AA for me is my life saviour and um, just about everything in my, in my life is revolves around AA now, apart from work. Um, everything I do socially is um, AA and whoa that's really a big change it is a big change huge change yeah because no no, I didn't know anyone that didn't drink yeah so yeah so what what have you had to do to ensure your sobriety to ensure is for me um, I think this time round is I really did admit to myself inside that I was an alcoholic and I know that alcoholics can't drink. So, and I think for me, that's been the thing. The thing about going to meetings is, um, reminds me of where I've come from, listening to other people, and also um, keeps you in touch with people that are like, like-minded. Mm. Um, and I find it very comfortable in AA now. Mm. So, difficulties as they've come up, how have you coped with those? Oh, difficulties. Sober, um, sober is, um, you just take your time, you know, things like, uh, things where I just get drunk and drink the problem away somehow and hope it goes away, is just sit back, um, if I'm really, really struggling, I speak to my sponsor for some advice, but most of the time it's just take your time and think it through um, and do the right things and the right things end up happening. Fabulous. Um, so we hear a lot about service, you know, that word service in, in AA. Um, how important has that been to your recovery? It's a huge part of my recovery. I um, have been done, done a lot of service through the time. I still I was still doing service even with my stroke. I can answer the phones, which I do once a week on a Saturday night. I used to do the engineering for this show, mm. um, which was um, a weekly thing. But that's, do, that's helped you feel connected to AA? Oh, it's, it keeps you in. They, you know, one of the things is to stay in AA, to be into, in the hub of AA and not on the outskirts because you get thrown off. 
Um, if you're involved in AA, you've got people around you that can support you and help you through any problem you have in your life. Mm. And um, I've made some really great friends in this fellowship, and it's saved my life, as I said. Um, I would be dead now if I hadn't got this program. Wow. How do you feel within yourself today? You know, have there been, have there been some changes? <laughs> oh, there's a lot of changes. I haven't had depression, anxiety, or any of those things for the last 18 to months, two years. Isn't that phenomenal? It is unbelievable. I just... Um, and you were beleaguered with that, were you? I was, look, I was just about ready to, you know, I was suicidal, the whole thing. It was just, and all it was, the simple thing, stop drinking. Mm. And it went away. And I cannot... Um, oh, it's probably. I know we're not supposed to have regrets, but it is probably one of the things that I do regret is I didn't get this program sooner. Because um, if I'd stopped, I could have saved myself years of misery. I see. And um, that depression is a terrible thing. And I had three goes at suicide. Not very good at it. Obviously, I'm glad you're still here. <laughs> not very good at it. Um, it's, and it's a lot harder thing to do than what people imagine. I think. I think it's tremendously and, drastic. Yeah, but it's um, it takes a lot of courage, I think. So for me, um, I didn't have that courage. And so what I would do is just drink more and um, make it worse, probably. But while I was black, you know, either blacked out or drunk, I didn't have those feelings. So your solution was to anaesthetise yourself with alcohol. Absolutely, it was just to which drink would as much. exacerbate the depression and the unhappiness that you were yeah, feeling. Yeah, when I was sober or when I was Very hard, day. I see. It's just very hard to connect it, though, yeah. that, you know, if you took the alcohol away, then there was a chance for that other stuff to... Yeah, because the, that was the best I ever felt was when I was drinking. I see. So that's what sort of drove me along until now. And they t- talk about filling the hole that alcohol used to fill. And I do that now with the spiritual program within AA. Blimey. And um, how have your relationships with friends, family, loved ones changed in your oh, sobriety? In early sobriety, very early, in the first six or eight months, it was still pretty tough because my brain, I was just going crazy. My brain, brain went all over the place. And it took, that, it took six, and, six to nine months for my head to settle down. And um, that's when the improvements started with family. And there was a lot of learning to do, a lot of amends to make. And they've taken some time. I've still got amend, amends to make that I haven't got to. That's but, a part uh, of the. That's part the, of the, the, the steps of the program. Is yeah. it is to make amends for harm that you've done? Yeah, harm and just uh, make amends for my behaviours. Yeah, it, take, it took a bit of time. It's taken a. a well, it's an ongoing program, isn't it? We yeah. we keep we do these things when we're ready or when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, just being um, without the depression, I tell you, was the biggest bonus in my life. I don't, I could never ever start drinking again just based on that. <laughs> because you've you've you oh, put no. it together that's the drinking that no, it's just the booze. It's just the booze that caused it. And uh, yeah, it was terrible, absolute horror for twenty years, really, of misery. Yeah. So, um, so I think um, relationships now I take on face value. I don't try and tell you what you're thinking. Um, I do my best not to control you, and they are all things that I'm working hard at all the time, is to accept life on life's terms. Mm. What are your goals for the future? 
for your future? Um, as, well, my, my shorter term goal at the moment is to, for the recovery from a stroke. Um, I've got a lot of exercise and work on that to do. And longer term goals, as soon as I get that recovery, I want to enjoy my retirement, which is only a couple of years away, and if the, and travel a lot is what I do. We've just recently come back from a cruise before I had the stroke, the stroke, and um, I was it was a bit of a worry because I, I chose a cruise line that, where you could not take the booze out of the package. Um, so I was at every meal on the boat, I was being offered alcohol, mm. and. Um, Got through that okay, and it was a great time. There was good support on the boat, and this is one of the things of the fellowship. We can go anywhere in the world and meet people um, like-minded. There was a group of ladies from the US on the same cruise, about 15 ladies, and they all had long-term sobriety, and they were all from different parts of the United States. And uh, it was quite funny just sitting waiting to come into the studio here I got a text from one of the ladies off that off that show, off that cruise. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So Wayne, you said that um, you know now you live life on a spiritual basis. You have a spiritual program. Um, just wondering what that looks like to you. Um, for me, that was um, part of a stumbling block in the early days of AA because of the God thing. I was sort of every time I looked at the steps, it says. Um, hand our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand him but mm. I didn't see the understand him but and the God but got me so um, I couldn't see how I could ever get through the program or get into the program with that there until somebody sat me down properly and um, and I was willing to hear that it's a God of my understanding and um, it's not a religious God and I've worked with that and I faked it till I made it and um, that I had a God and that I had a higher power and now I actually believe I use that higher power on a daily basis and when I had the stroke and being in hospital it was such a comfort to have that there and um, I got so much closer to my higher power while I was in hospital yeah it really had to work the program yeah it would have been a very humbling time I imagine oh it is it's it's being being, vulnerable being paralysed and having to rely on other people all the time Um, you have to um, face a few more realities in life that you're not invincible and you know you certainly know your mortality when you're lying there paralysed so um, yeah I found that um, a great support a great strength for me through that I used to um, have I had a few little panic attacks but spoke to my sponsor and it, what, it came down to the fact that you know, he just said Wayne, he said your fear is in the future and you're okay right now so yeah. Wayne, I've just realised that we're, we're, we're out of time so I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us no worries, thank absolutely you absolutely fabulous For our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are 66 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's very likely there's one near you. 
Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show is every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can find podcasts of all our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download and subscribe to podcasts on iTunes. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember, if you want to drink, that's your business, but if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the meeting, uh, the show, excuse me, with the serenity prayer as we do in every AA meeting. God, God grant me the serenity, serenity to, to accept, accept the things I cannot change, change the courage to change the things I can, and, and the wisdom, wisdom to know the difference. difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.